What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi. You guys are listening to episode 423. Uh, excuse my voice. Uh, of course, I just get over my surgery, starting to fully heal, getting back, and uh, and now with the weather change and everybody's sick and coughing and shit, now I'm getting sick. So trying to nip this thing in the butt. I have a ton of shows uh, all weekend into tonight, even last night. So it's, uh, whatever. We all got fucking issues. Last thing I'm going to worry about is having a little sniffle. So, uh, how the hell is everybody? Hope everybody's doing good in between shows. Um, got some really funny stuff to talk about on today's show. Uh, um, I, uh, man, I got an unacceptable for you guys. I actually have like multiple unacceptables. So this one's going to be, yeah, I'm not gonna rant and freak out and everything like that, but um, uh, we'll we will definitely uh, get into it. Want to talk about uh, a wedding that I went to? Something really funny that happened, which probably contributed to me getting sick. So um, yeah, and I'll write. I'll uh, read what you guys had. I think I saw somebody had another villain. We talked about best movie villains of all time, and I'm pretty sure somebody wrote in something like that. Uh, maybe get to an unacceptable that you guys have and all that stuff. The Verzi Effect podcast has a new logo. Um, and yeah, it's a kind of very different and weird and different, but I kind of like it. So I think I might be going with that. You guys may see that on next week. I think that that's, uh, that's the one that uh, we are going to go to. So And for you Patreon people, you heard the last one. I made an announcement about that. Uh, looks like everything is um, getting resolved. So uh, you guys can check that out. Now, anyway... Moving forward, I told you guys we had a very special wedding that we went to in upstate New York, and this was not just a um, one-day wedding, it was a weekend wedding. So you get there for like drinks, like opening drinks on Friday night, and um, our buddy who was getting married, he scheduled something. This was up at like a campsite with like a lake and all these cabins and stuff, and so we get there for cocktails, and we're having a couple of drinks. And um, my wife and I did not stay on the on the grounds. They had cabins everywhere, and it was like more communal. So like it would be people you know, but there would be bunk beds in the middle and one bathroom for everybody. And I was just like, you know what? I'm away with my wife, no kids for a while. Let's just let's kind of skip the communal bathroom. Oh, listen, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a bunk bed communal guy. I'm just not. You know what I mean? Like, I'm one of those guys, if they're like, dude, you want to help out these kids in Africa? All these comedians are going to fly out there and we're going to sleep in huts and, and it's going to be kind of dirty and stuff, but like, we're going to build a school. Like, I'm all for that, but like, I'll send a check. You know what I mean? I'll send a check or like, I'll fucking get on another plane and fly. It's like, I need a hotel. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to say I can't tough it out, but I can't, you know. I did the camping thing a couple times. It's wet. It's moist. Like, I'm not good with that. You know, one time I was in a tent. It was raining. My pillow was, like, floating. Like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. I'm just not. You know, me and Bobby Kelly went out in the woods. Just me and him overnight. Just us. He's swinging from a fucking hammock that was enclosed in the middle of the night. I had no blanket. I heard I heard animals around me. I was, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not that guy. Now, this wasn't like that. These were really nice cabins, redone cabins, but I just figured I'm not going to be at bunks and, you know, other people and 
even that I know with a communal bathroom. So me and my wife, we had a nice, nice uh, hotel about 15 minutes away. But it said that there was going to be like activities. And I was like curious because it's late at night. It's dark. They had a fire inside going and people making s'mores and all that stuff. And it was really nice in this like pavilion. And then they make an announcement and they were like, all right, guys, we're going to go on a scavenger hunt. And I want everybody in here to break up into teams. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. You could stay here and drink and sit by the fire. That's fine. But you could tell they wanted you to do it. So minimum team would be five members. Maximum team would be six. And it wasn't so much as a scavenger hunt as it was you had to go and achieve goals. Right? And the goals that you had to achieve were like your whole team takes a picture of yourselves doing the robot in the parking lot. Then one member's got to go down to the lake, get in a canoe, put their ankle in the water, take a picture of it. And that's worth like four or five points. Then you got to, you know, for 10 points, there's a pool on the grounds. If you do a cannonball, but granted, we're all dressed nice. So you could do a cannonball in the pool and uh, get 10 points. But everything needs to be documented on your phone and you need to cross off all these goals on a list. Here's the catch. And this freaked my wife the fuck out because she's not into this. Um, They hired killers in Jason and Mike Myers masks. Okay? So, now granted, this is like two days after uh, Halloween. A day after Halloween. And on the campgrounds, I don't know how they did this, but they had intense, scary, horror movie music just pulsating throughout the camp. So it was like any time you walked out during the scavenger hunt, it was like you were in a scene of a horror movie. You never know if someone's going to pop out the whole time. So we had a really good group, fun group, and we go down to the lake to get a goal. We got our picture here. We started doing things. We started achieving goals. They gave you flashlights. Then you had to report back to the pavilion an hour later, and they were going to tally up everything. And then whatever team won got a backpack of all these gifts. They were giving out cool gifts, you know. So we go down, and my wife is like, Paul, I'm not into this. And then all of a sudden, one of our team goes, go, there's one, there's a killer. And this guy in a Jason mask and a machete starts walking towards us. And my wife goes, oh, shit. It was really funny, but none of us ever got touched. Here's the thing. If you got touched by one, you had to go back. Your team was on pause. You had to go back because they gave everybody a playing card. I should have said that. Everybody got a playing card. And if you got touched, you had to go and get another playing card. You had to give your card up and then go get another playing card. And your team was on pause while their teams were getting points. But guys, it turned into so much fun. We had one person designated for this. It was like when you were a kid playing manhunt in the neighborhood. I don't know how they pulled it off. And I didn't know. Like at first I was was a little skeptical. I'm like, all right, we're at a wedding right now. Are we really doing this? And it was like memories, hilarious. Um, I was in a cashmere sweater, nice slacks, shoes, a nice jacket, and I took it all off, and I did a cannonball in the pool on the grounds. It was heated, and uh, when I held my nose to jump in, I realized that I was only like a week and a half out of surgery, so it kind of hurt, and I'm like, oh my God, Dick, tell me you just hurt, like, but it didn't. It was fine, and the pool was definitely warm, but then you get out, and probably why I sound the way I do right now, sick. Everything like that. But so anyway, it was um, so much fun. We did it. Like my wife was getting involved and like it just turned into this really cool, cool experience. However weird that is running around this. And it was like Camp Crystal Lake. It was unbelievable. And then there's Jason. 
Voorhees and Mike Myers guys running around to get you, and they and it was pretty nuts. Um, amazing wedding, great great people. The reception was great. Cocktail hour was great. So it was just a, a lot of fun. So, uh, but the uh, scavenger hunt was definitely something different and uh, fun. I guess See, my wife was like, I have no idea that I was gonna be because at first she was almost like not like upset doing it. She wanted to do it, but she was scared. And then she went from like, oh, this is fun. So, um, but I got to tell you, when you're out in the woods, I don't care how old you are, even though you know that there's actually not a real killer. It'd be funny if he was like, yeah, somebody's going to die tonight. No, it was like, you know that it's just a dude in a mask. But when you're out in the dark and you got these little flashlights and you're by like a lake and some dude just comes out like quietly and you see his mask and he's walking towards you. It was kind of like, and the night before, I watched um, I watched Halloween. Late night Halloween, I watched the last Halloween. The one that was like 40 years later with Jamie Lee Curtis again. The one that came out 2018. I was like, all right, let me watch that. You know, we went trick-or-treating and we went to dinner and we got home. And I was like, let me watch that. And I watched that and then all of a sudden, like 24 hours later... I got a guy who looks like that walking. It was it was actually really, really cool. And the music was hilarious. And apparently there's a video of me doing a cannonball and nothing but my boxer briefs. And my buddy said he heard it. I mean, he watched it and he said, and he was crying laughing because in the background you just hear the music and see me do a cannonball. And my poor wife is holding all my clothes. And then I had to like, uh, it was, um, anyway. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. But here, let me get to these. I'm going to get to an unacceptable, all right? So I took my my daughter. My son had a fifth grade social at an arcade. So they got this arcade here in Westchester that um, you could do. You could do go-karts. You could do um, arcade. You could do, like, virtual reality games. All kinds of stuff like that. It's like a, you know, a state of modern um, thing. You know, it's like a modern state-of-the-art, whatever type of arcade game, you know, you get tickets and you get a prize at the end and all that stuff, right? So I dropped my son and his friend off there and his friend's sister is is friends with my daughter and it's not my daughter and his sister are too young. So my job was to just entertain them and be with them during this three hours. So we have a good time. I take them to the arcade. Um, I take the two little girls to the pizza after the arcade. Then they wanted to go. My daughter was like, can we go get uh, ice cream? I take them to Carvel. Have a great time. Here's the thing. One of the fathers in the in the room to retrieve, the, you know, the prizes. So I go, how many how many tickets do you have? Oh, you guys have 500 tickets. Okay. So I was like, all right, guys, we've got 500. So let's just say 500 tickets. Sophia gets, you know... 250, her friend gets 250, we get the prizes, and then we'll go to get pizza. And we go into the room, and you know kids have a hard time deciding, right? And all the gifts are shit. I mean, there's like a little tiny plastic slinky that's going to break by the time it gets to the car, and they're like, that's 40 tickets. It's like, I mean, these people are stealing money. Can we be honest? You know, some little rubber ball that's going to be under your couch. Someone's going to find it, like, covered in dust under the couch in 30 years. I mean, just shitty things. And then anything good... Is like 19,000 points, which you're going to end up paying for anyway. So it's all it's all a scam. So we're sitting there, and this kid is just coughing. I mean, this kid, and I can't stand, I, that's one thing. I, I got this pet peeve. I don't know why. I think it's because my younger brother, and my younger brother and my younger sister had like asthma. And my brother had asthma, and when I was little, I would just always hear coughing. 
And it would kind of just be like, dude, fuck it. You know, like, so when somebody just, I, I'm talking, I'm not talking about, like, I'm not a dick. If somebody's coughing, it's cool. I mean, like, if somebody's continuously just like, <clears throat> imagine I was doing the podcast and every five, <clears throat> like, you know, it's like, <clears throat> what are you doing? Like, you know, go to the doctor. So this little kid is just coughing loud. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, man, this is like sick season. Like, this is like when you get sick, bad weather shit. Like, I'm not, like, what's this kid doing? He's just going, <clears throat> oh, and, and he's like, I give him credit. He was like covering up his mouth like with his elbow, you know, when people like, you know, with his arm, but he just kept doing it and he just kept doing it. And I'm like looking at him and he's like going around like loud like, Ugh! and you know, germs are getting everywhere. And the dad was just like, are you okay, Aiden? Is everything? And I'm going like, hey, dad, why don't you get this kid the fuck out of here? Okay. Cause Aiden needs to go home cause he's going to start getting people sick. All right. I got shows this weekend, dad, and Aiden's going to fuck it up. Listen to me right now. I got two shows tonight. I got four tomorrow, I think three Saturday. I'm be running around all, all weekend, sick as a dog. And it's because this fuck, you know, this little kid's looking around at shitty gifts. And I'm not trying to be a dick, but if you know your kid is sick, like there were times where my wife was like, hey, you want to take the kids here? And I'm like, look, he's coughing or she's coughing, like might not. And my wife's like, you know what? Yeah, that's pretty, you know, like, oh, their friend's supposed to come over. Why don't we kind of... Why don't we kind of nip that in the bud right now and not have the friend come over because, you know, you don't want to get them sick. They're like, yeah, you know what, you're right. We'll just get a movie, watch a movie here or something like that. So that was annoying, but not my unacceptable. My unacceptable this week, and guys, I got to be honest with you, I feel like shit right now. I'm tired. I have to take medicine, so I don't know how long I'm going to do this podcast for. Um, it almost didn't come out this week because I'm feeling like this, but I was like, you know what? My people deserve, my people deserve it. Because you guys are the fucking best. Oh, by the way, um, big news, something that I'm very, very humbled about. I'm sure if you listen to the show, you already know. But um, I was uh, had the honor to be asked to be on the 8th um, Annual Patrice O'Neill Benefit, um, January 27th at the New York City Center. It's going to be a bunch of us, um, obviously not doing long sets. We'll probably only be doing like 10 minutes, but... Uh, or whatever it is, but um, honored to be a part of this. And um, it's something where like years ago, uh, eight years ago when it started, I was like, man, that's amazing to honor one of the, you know, just to honor a great. And I'm going to be honest, I'll tell her, I'll tell her, um, I think I told the story before. So if I did, I apologize. But just since I got asked to be on this um, since I got asked to be on this podcast, I mean, since I got asked to be on this show, this benefit, I'll tell the story. But, um, and then I'll get into the real unacceptable, which is hilarious, by the way, and it's true. Um, but the Patrice O'Neill Comedy Benefit, January 27th at the New York City Center. Uh, that's the eighth annual Patrice O'Neill Comedy Benefit featuring Bill Burr, Ronnie Chang, Judy Gold, Sam Morell, Andrew Schultz, Cypher Sounds, Rich Voss, uh, yours truly, Paul Verzi, and Roy Wood Jr., um, talk about a monster lineup, but also great people, man. All of those people I've hung with, I've been at festivals with, I've performed with. Um, obviously, Burr is a, is a dear friend, and uh, he didn't even know I was on it. The, bur the booker, um, Maureen Tarrant, shout out to Maureen Tarrant. Um, you know, they, they thought it was time for me to do it this year, and I was really, really uh, honored to get that. But So the Patrice O'Neill story that I'll tell is... Um, Really, really cool, man. And like, I, I didn't realize how charming this dude was. Now, you always heard stories. I always heard stories about, uh, 
Um, you know, Patrice would go at people or make fun of your shirt or do this or do that and everything like that. And I remember that I was opening for him in um, Jersey at Bananas. I was opening for him at Bananas, Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. And I went in with like my guard up, you know, and this is obviously years ago, but I went in like, you know, if he says something to me, maybe I should come back and say this or like, I just had this fear. Because I was like this younger comic coming up. I was doing good. I had started opening for Burr at the time and doing really well, you know, as a feature and an opener in some theaters and stuff and clubs with Bill. But uh, at the time, Patrice and Bill weren't really as close or like, I don't know if they're falling out, but like they weren't really, you know, hanging out or talking as much. So Patrice didn't know who I, who I was. And um, I remember going in and it was packed out. And I remember going, hey, man, congratulations. This room looks great. And he just kind of was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, And just kind of humble and actually almost quiet and shy. And I remember that when I opened for him, I remember I did well. And he was watching. And I was super worried. Because, you know, you just have this in your head. Now, also, I do have to say, and I do have to be honest, at this time, I didn't really know what I thought of Patrice's act because I hadn't seen it a lot and what I did see was very much of like him just talking and saying things that were profound but like as far as jokes I didn't see the body of jokes that other people saw so in my mind I'm like how good is this guy I kind of want to see but he went at people and I'm like I hope he doesn't go at me so like I said I had all these things in my mind and I go on stage and it goes really well it goes really well and um I look at him and he looks at me and he gives me this look and he's giving me the thumbs up, nodding his head. And I was still so like in the moment of like, is this guy like doesn't think I'm funny? Is he fucking with me? Like I was still kind of had that scared, you know, because I saw the guy on Tough Crowd and I knew the guy was coming up and, and doing things and I knew what everybody was saying about him and stuff. So Opie and Anthony and all that stuff. So I didn't know, you know, and and I, I realized later, like, it was genuine. Like, he, he gave me a thumbs up and he nodded his head, like, you know, good shit, man. That was, that was a good job. And um, then we talked a little bit the next night just about sports or whatever. You know, real quick, I said, I love that joke about how your girl makes you, like, you know, eat healthier or like open the blinds when you want it to be dark. And he's like, yeah, man, everybody's girl. Like it was just really cool, quiet, and a lot more humble than, than I had expected. So then fast forward, um, fast forward to the winter of the next year, I believe. And it's snowing and it was at Comics, which is no longer there. It was on 14th Street, a meatpacking district, uh, Comics. And... Patrice was headlining. My buddy Harris Stanton was featuring, and I was just doing a guest spot, meaning after the host, they were going to just throw me up to do like 10 minutes. And they were like, come back in the green room, come back in the green room. And I'll never forget this. And this is who this guy was, and I didn't realize it until later, and I'm happy that I got to tell him, but this is a really cool story. I'm in the green room, okay? Uh, at comics and Patrice is sitting there and my buddy Harris is in there and Patrice's agent is in there and um, who else was in there oh yeah so D.L. Hughley was in there 
And I remember like there were some bigger names sitting in there. And when I tell you these A-list celebrity comedians that were in there were sitting down, and this is right around the time Tiger Woods was going through everything he was going through. And then apologizing in public with his mom sitting, you know, front and center. I'm sorry for it. You know, the divorce and the 16 or 17 women. Like, all this shit came out, right? And Patrice is talking about it. And he's holding court in this room. And I'll never forget. I Honestly, it's something that I'll never forget. It really took me back. And it's one of the only times I saw it in the business. Where the big celebrity A-listers shut up and almost had their head down. Like, listening to the king, listening to the to the to the personality that they almost believed when he was talking, you could tell that they knew he was the guy. I've also heard Chris Rock say nobody's funnier, nobody's better. He would have been the, the absolute, you know, burst burst still to this day says he's the greatest ever, you know. And but I remember seeing these a list. I remember D.L. Hughley sitting next to him, and when Patrice was talking. You would think D.L. Hughley was just one of his, like, minions or in his... And I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to D.L. Hughley. Maybe D.L. Hughley was just being respectful, but I'm telling you, it was something that I have not seen. It was something that I was... It, I was very taken back by that. Because it wasn't like, oh, what the, what the public perceives people to be. It's, no, no, no. These artists are sitting in a room, and they know who the fucking guy is in here. That's what I remember. And I'll never forget that. i never forget that it was like they were kind of sitting there, like not cowering to him, but like, yeah, this is the guy. And not to mention that those level guys came to see him was also something that I thought was amazing. Because like even at my level now when comedians come, it was very nice, especially when I'm in New York, to have comedians come in the back to check me out. It happened when I was at Gotham and it's nice. But imagine having like, you know, you know, I see it happen with Bill. I see it happen with people like these big names coming out to see what, what you're doing because you got to a certain level. And I'll never forget that. But crazier than that was it was snowing. It was a blizzard. It was still very busy in there. And I actually watched Patrice even more than I watched him at Bananas. I was trying to like sit back and really watch what this man does. And when somebody said that he was so like like a philosopher... He was like, he would say something. I'll never forget. He said like, ladies, he said this thing, and obviously it's a joke and it's it's obviously over the top, but he said something like, ladies, if we cheat on you, he's like, that just means we love you. And then you're trying to think like, how's he going to get out of that? How's he going to say that? And he was basically saying like, we don't want to leave, like we would never leave you if we, I forgot how he said it and I don't even want to butcher it. I don't even want to disgrace this man, rest his soul. But then he just would say it, and then he would just go to something silly and goofy. And I started to realize, I'm like, oh my God, like, this guy could say something unpopular. There were a couple times where I worked with him where he walked people in bananas. <clears throat> I saw a couple tables get up and walk out, a couple women get up and walk out, and I realized what he was trying to do. He was like, listen, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to bring my crowd to me, because those people were never going to be my fans anyway. So... The thing about him is he never, he did it how he wanted to do it, and uh, and it was something to be admired, but when I watched him at comics, and I really watched him say things that might be unpopular and then turn it on them, it's it's what I strive to be. It's, it's you know, I have a couple of jokes now where you're like, how could he say that? What's, oh, wait, I can't be offended at that. Those are the things that you want, you know, to do. A bunch of us were talking last night, like, 
New York crowds right now, and I, I think like they a lot of them they want like the low hanging fruit. Uh, Mike Cannon said something. Shout out to Mike Cannon. He shot a special at the cellar on Monday, and I heard it went really well. But he said something like, "Yeah, just reiterating the obvious is what crowds want now. Just saying what's the known thing to." And Patrice didn't do that. So the cool thing was, um, I left my jacket. Patrice was in the room, in the green room with the door closed and locked. And I need to get out of here. It's winter time. I want to get out. And I knock on the door and he goes, uh, who is it? And I go, oh man, it's Paul. I said, my jacket's in there. And he goes, all right. And he goes, what's it look like? And I go, it's, a, it's like a dark navy blue pea coat. And he hands it to me. And I go, hey man, thanks for ha- having me. He goes, no, no, man, thank you. So then I go out to the hallway and I'm talking to some people and sure enough, he comes out. And um, I kind of bump into him like, hey, man. And he goes, hey. And I go, hey, man, I don't know if you remember I worked with you. But he goes, yeah, man, I was going to say you look familiar. And he was super nice. And I said, listen, man, I got to tell you something. I go, I always knew you were good. And then I pointed to the showroom and I go, but I didn't know you were that good or I didn't think you were that good. Like, and he, I swear to God, he just goes, aha, like he had a genuine chuckle and laugh because he loved the honesty because that's who he was and um and he he genuinely loved it that I just go um and I gotta I gotta find it it's somewhere in one of my old phones but I go I knew you were good but I didn't know you were that good and he was like "Ah and we laughed and we took a picture and I remember being like man this big guy man he's he's a big guy he could be brash he could be whatever but he's like actually there's something vulnerable, and there's something charming about this guy. And um, and now Comedy Central, as you guys see, is doing a documentary on him. And uh, I'm so thrilled about that because I know who's involved in making it, and I know that they're not going to put it out unless it's everything that it should be. So anyway, that's the story. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That's what the podcast is for. Uh, it's not all fart jokes, folks. But... Um, yeah, so uh, January 27th, I'll be a part of that with that great lineup. And, uh, you know, just an honor to be, you know, just an honor to be a part of that and uh, to be, you know, to be there to perform in front of his mom and, and, uh, and you know, my peers and stuff like that. It, it's a really nice thing. Okay, now, moving on to my unacceptable for the week. I went to the dentist last week. I'm telling you guys, it's been a shit show health-wise with me. It was a surgery. Then I had to go to the dentist. They took a filling out. They redid the filling. Um, now I'm getting sick, but I was having this pain by the tooth that they just worked on, that they just fixed. And anytime something cold would go near it, it would hurt. And I'm going, oh man, I hope I don't need a root canal, whatever. So the lady's like, the only time we could see you, Paul's if you get here at 8 o'clock in the morning. My kids need to be on the bus at 8 o'clock in the morning, so my wife is like, I'll watch the kids. Just go. I'll, t- I'll put the kids on the bus and I'll go to work. Go. So I get there. Doctor comes in like, there's no way I fucked this up. Like, you know, he came in. He's a really nice guy, actually. And uh, he's like, you know, he looked at it and he just goes, he just goes, yeah, he goes, no, he goes, I think the gums around it might be sensitive, you know, just continue to like clean it out. I think, he goes, we'll take another picture. And I swear to God, the dental hygienist or his assistant was this, um, this like Puerto Rican lady. And I'm not making this up. I'm not even trying to be funny. She was like so over the top, like, like, how you doing, sweetie? This and I mean, not like, not like Rosie Perez over the top, but like, how you doing? Oh, how you doing, sweetie? This and that. And then we're sitting in there and 
This lady was an absolute calamity. I hope, God, I hope she doesn't listen to this. She was a calamity. She was like messing stuff up. She got the she got the picture thing that I needed to put in my mouth and she dropped it on the floor. Oh man, I'm sorry. Let me go get another one. Then he comes in like, do we have the picture? And she's like, I dro- I'm going to go get another one. I'm sorry. So I'm just sitting there. <clears throat> then she comes in and I shit you not. She starts talking about the weather. <clears throat> she goes, yeah, it's cold. And she started fucking words up. She's going, yeah, man, they said we got a Northeastern coming in. Um, we got a Northeastern on Friday, but then there's going to be another Northeastern. And she's calling it a Northeastern. And in my mind, I'm like, isn't it called a Nor'easter? Like, I'm, and I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, Northeastern is a, is, is a direction. Like, they're not, you know what I mean? Like, we live in the Northeast. And she's like, yeah, we got a Northeastern coming in. And she's fucking everything up. And then, like, out of nowhere... She just went gangster on me. She was like, I can't stand this fucking weather. This shit is killing me. And she started cursing. Now, listen, guys. You guys listen to the podcast. I'm no prude. Okay? I'm no prude at all. But, like, I'm in a dentist chair with a bib on. And she's just cursing. She's calling a storm a northeastern. She's dropping fucking photos. Like, I mean, it was just a shit show. And, like, I'm sitting there. Like, I got the bib on. My legs are up. And I just picture her saying northeastern. And I'm trying not to laugh. And she's cursing. And listen, you guys hear me curse. Like I said, I'm no prude. I curse. You know. It's like my manager, Rory, says. He goes, uh, what did he say? I love when he says this. Because he has funny ways of saying shit. He said, because uh, like anytime somebody comes to, to see you perform, you're always like kind of, you know, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? And it was like my first time. First time my manager's going to watch me do a set. Not just a set, do a long So I'm doing an hour and I'm headlining and it's my crowd. So like the first time. So, so, you know, I was just like, and we've had discussions about, you know, my language. Anybody, any good, anybody good at what they do in this business when it comes to industry and representation. So you always watch what your clients are saying and certain things like that. Not, not like overly, you know, but you watch it. So, uh, first show Saturday was great. I remember, and I remember going, yeah, and I really was really watching the curses, and my manager goes, yeah, no, the curses were like almost, not even, not even an issue, like non-existent. Then the second show, he goes, second show, you let your hair down a little bit, which is such a funny way of saying <laughs> that you just let some fly. But I am, I am no prude, and like I, you know, like you guys know, sometimes I let my hair down, sometimes I keep it. It's kind of, a, I'm, it's a mood thing with me, and it's also, you know, whatever. Okay. But I'm in a dentist's office, and I'm literally listening to the dental hygienist, like the assistant, going like, I hate this fucking shit, and then we got a Northeastern coming in. Like, it was it was unprofessional and hilarious on so many levels, dropping the film. But then, she puts it in my mouth. She goes, I know, this sucks, I hate these things. And I gotta be honest, she was so sweet and nice. She was so sweet and nice, um, and, and I liked her, but it was just hilarious. So she's putting, I know the tooth that they need to look at. And it's like far back, upper far back. And she puts it in my mouth and I can tell when she did it, I go, she's like a two, she's like one or two teeth like far away from it, I think. And I'm whole, and I'm going, this is way too comfortable for me than, than it should be because I know where the tooth is and I know where I should be actually biting down. So she does it, she takes the picture, she comes back in the room. And I go, wow, I go, where you took it, we'll see all those teeth back there. That was my way of saying, like, 
maybe there's a different thing they got going on now because I was like, I think that she put it too close, too close to the middle of my teeth instead of to the far back. Okay. So I go, yeah, she goes, yeah, no, we'll get, we'll get it all from that. Swear to God. Two minutes later, dentist walks in. He goes, okay, we have the picture. And as they're looking at it, there's like a two, two or three seconds of silence. And she literally goes, should I get another one and go a little further back to get a better look? Or, and he goes, yeah, why don't you do that? And I'm sitting there going, I fucking knew it. This woman stinks at her job. Nice lady, sweetheart. Stinks at what she does. Then finally did it. And she was so nice. She's calling me sweetie and sweetheart and this and that. And I don't even care that she cursed. It's not even that. It's just that like another time, I swear to God, another time I was in a dentist's office, not this dentist, another dentist. And I'm pretty sure he was hitting on the dental hygienist while working on me. And I swear to God, he said these words. I swear to God. I, I have the weirdest experiences in a dentist. He looks over at her. And he goes, oh my God, if my wife found that out or if, if I ever did that, my wife would crazy glue my dick shut. He said that to me while I was getting like a root canal. And then now I got her calling, you know, her saying effing shit, Northeastern's coming in, dropping film, wrong picture. And the funniest part about it was I was in there at 8. I was probably out of there around 8.40, 8.45. I get in my car. I start leaving the parking lot. And she's walking across the parking lot going to McDonald's in scrubs. I swear to God. It was, it was so funny that I just was like, oh man, this is a, but I mean, you could say the kid coughing was unacceptable, but dropping the film, the wrong picture and cursing and calling it a Northeastern is one of my favorite things ever. Every time, now here's the funny thing. Every time I talk to a Puerto Rican woman now, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> she doesn't know the weather. She doesn't, I'm kidding, ladies, relax. All right. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and we got a Northeastern coming on Friday. I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. I wish we could go down south so we could catch those Southwesterns. You know, if we could catch a Southwestern, that would be way better than this unbelievable Northeastern that's coming in. I literally, I had to, I had to, I laughed so hard that I had to find out if she was right and I was wrong. That's how confident she said it. She said Northeastern as a storm so confidently that I'm like, have I been saying Nor'easter wrong the whole time? So I actually went to Siri on my iPhone and I go, Siri, what's a Nor'easter? And it comes up like a big cyclone blizzard, you know, cold storm and all this. And then I go, what's a Northeastern? <laughs> Northeastern University popped up. And I was like, okay. Um, okay, we were talking about best movie villains last time. And, uh, all right, we got something here from Clint. Clint Byers. Haven't heard from Clint in a while. Let's see what uh, Clint says. He's got two. We'll do the movie villain and then we'll do... No, we'll do the unacceptable and then we'll do the movie villain. Okay. Uh, hospital unacceptable. Uh, hey, Paul. I got one for you. I woke up one morning about six years ago and I felt like I got kicked in the stomach. I shrugged it off and started my day and took a shower. I stepped out. Still feeling a stomach ache, uh, and as I was uh, drying off, I caught a glimpse of my naked self in the mirror, and my balls were legitimately black. Wow. I'm not going to lie, Clint. I did not expect that sentence. Um, in a Your balls were black. In a panic, I went to the hospital. I'd say, Jesus. Do you imagine looking down at your balls and they're black? The first thing I would think about was they just got to kill me because they're not taking my balls. 
Like, if my balls are black right now and they tell me that they need to cut my balls off, I just, you just kill me because I can't, I can't not. Anyway, uh, in a panic, I went to the hospital and found out I needed minor surgery because I had some busted blood vessel in my groin. Uh, as the nurse is getting me prepared for surgery with forms that I have to sign and everything, and uh, her and I are talking back and forth, keep in mind that my mother and father, as well as my now wife, are on the other side of the door. There's a lull in the conversation, and she goes, So, have you shaved yet? Paul, this is how low-budget porn starts. Uh, <laughs> and at 20 years old, I panicked and muttered no in the, uh, in the whiniest voice. Before anything could ever happen, she goes, Oh, great. Uh, I'm going to see if I could shave you now. And ran out of the room. I didn't see her for the rest of my hospital stay. Fast forward to me waking up from surgery. Everything went fine. I looked down. My incision, which sits right uh, where my belt uh, would sit. And this nurse shaved everything. Uh, the underside of my dick nor balls were spared. Paul, this woman gave me what I would only describe as a, tes uh, a testicular... Turned down service. Uh, I was <laughs> I was an Olympic swimmer, smooth and confused beyond belief. I never saw this woman again, and I assume that this <laughs> is for the best. Wow, that's weird. Um, I don't know if it's unacceptable or if it's just. I mean, that's weird. Have you shaved yet? Is weird because it's like, were you told to? Um, yeah, that's really weird. Uh, I love how you said in a, I, I saw my balls were black in a panic. It's like, oh my God, that's beyond a panic. I would lose it. That's hilarious. Thanks for the, let, <laughs> thanks for that. Um, here we go. Okay. So we talked about villains. I said, Darth Vader. I said, oh, by the way, thank you to whoever sent me. Somebody sent me a interview of the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz talking to Mr. Rogers. She was a guest on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And she was like the sweetest lady and she was older. She was so nice. She was so sweet. She was so happy to be there. And she talked about playing that role. And now forever it makes me feel better. So uh, whoever that was, I got to find the name. But I appreciate you sending me that uh, because it bothered me forever, that, that witch. Uh, but we talked about a lot of them. We talked about... Um, Kaiser Soze, I, I said Vader. Um, this one, Clint says Antoine. Yes, Anton uh, in No Country for Old Men. Javier Bourdain played a powerhouse of that character. Yeah, calculated in violence but careless in outcome. Yeah, that that's a good one. He was so like, he was so mentally deranged and disturbed and would go to any length. It was that was that's a, actually. A really good one. I would definitely put that in the tops of movie villains. Really, really. Uh, and he won an Academy Award, so you can't even... I mean, that's up there. That's up there. And and again, I, I, Heath Ledger, Joker, Heath Ledger. I didn't see the uh, new Joker yet. And people are telling me it's great. But Heath Ledger, to me, I just thought how like he would always say, do you know how I got these scars? And it would be a different story. Um, was really kind of crazy and weird and just the fact that he was like burning money because it wasn't about that. That was really creepy. That was a good one too. But thank you for that. If you guys have any more, um, you know, send them in. 
what else can I say? You know, there's uh, been no movies that I, uh, did I see anything? No, that I, I didn't see anything. Just uh, watching my daughter's TV shows that she gets me into. She gets me into these shows. I'm into like Nickelodeon and Disney shows now. And I'll get into it. And she'll be like, Daddy, I'm watching one. And I'll be like, let's do it. Let's. Like, I watch like four seasons of like Fuller House. I love. I know every almost every line of Fuller House. Um, she's got me watching some Disney show now. I don't know. But no movies. Oh, man. The Giants and Knicks stink. So there's really nothing on the sports front. And, um, you know, that's pretty much it, guys. I got to take some medicine because I feel like shit, but I needed to put this out. I wanted to uh, talk about a few things, so I was glad to do that. Um, I will be back again early next week, probably, hopefully better. No flu. I'm going to get my damn flu shot. And um, I want everybody to prepare for this giant Northeastern that's coming in. We got a big Northeastern (laughs) coming in tomorrow. So, uh, no, let me do the plugs, guys. You know where I'm going to be. Atlanta, come out next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I will be at the Punchline in Atlanta. Uh, my buddy, good good dude, funny dude opening for me. Mike Albanese will be opening for me in Atlanta. It should be, um, it's such a great time. It's such a great club. It's perfect dimensions for stand-up comedy. And uh, great owners, great managers, great people. It's just a great spot. So come out to the Punchline in Atlanta and um, I got some dates coming up uh, also that change that are going to go from January to March. But you guys don't have to worry about that. I'll plug that later. Uh, here's uh, here's everything going on. If you are in New York City this, this week, you could hear my cold on stage. Uh, I'm at the Comedy Cellar. I'm at New York Comedy Club. I'm at the Fat Black Pussycat. I'm at the Village Underground. I'm at the Stand. I got a ton of stuff. So um, you could check paulversey.com for that. If you want to see me on the road, Atlanta, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the 14th through the 16th, Punchline in Atlanta, the 21st through the 23rd of November, I will be at the Houston Improv. Okay, then um, on the 26th and 27th, I'll be at the Stand in New York City, uh, November 29th, 30th. And December 1st, I will be at the Addison Improv in Dallas or Addison, Texas. All of those dates, all that stuff, please check it out on paulverzi.com. Thank you guys uh, so much for listening. And um, yeah, so there you go. This has been episode... I'm glad I got to do this. This has been episode... I I was literally going like, I got to do it. These guys deserve it. I got to do it. I feel like shit. I want to lay down. I have to drive an hour... And you got, but you guys don't give a shit, right? You got, you don't care. You guys never watch a game, and then they're like, "Yeah, they said he had the flu," and you're like, "I don't care. He's playing first base. That's what I. And he's got to hit a home run. Doesn't matter. He's got to be in the game. You guys don't give a shit, you know. But you should because I'm giving this shit to you for free. You pigs, you understand that? You just take, 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 don't you? I'm kidding. My son's upstairs listening, going, "Why is he yelling at a microphone when nobody can talk back to him?" All right, guys, I'm out of here. Thank you. The hamster's okay. The dog is, um, the dog just saw the hamster for the first time and started barking at it. So we'll see what happens with that. Don't know. To be continued. Till episode 424, I am out of here. Uh, sorry it's a little shorter, but, um, just a little under the weather. Take care, and I think you guys know what the name of this episode is going to be. Yeah. Northeastern. Take care.